the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God. What is transgenderism? Transgenderism actually is a man want to be a woman, or a woman want to be a man. And they actually differentiate between I'm not saying that's right, but I'm, I'm speaking about the language it's used now. They differentiate between the sex assigned at birth, either male or female, based on anatomy and physiology of the body, and, and differentiate between gender identity. Gender identity, they say, it is one's internal sense of being male or female or both or neither. So one can say I am male, no I am female, I feel I am both male and female or I am neither male or female. That's what they call it gender identity. And the transgenderism refers to a person whose gender identity is different than the sex was assigned to him at birth. So at birth they said he's, ma he's male, but his gender identity is female. So his gender identity is different than the sex assigned to him at birth. Okay, so let us see the creation and what God actually has created. In Genesis chapter 1 and verse 27, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him male and female. He created them. So when God created the word man, so God created man means humanity, human. And he made very clear in God created two genders, male and female, he created them. Also in Genesis chapter 2 from verse 18, verse 24 and the Lord God said it is not good that man should be alone I will make him a helper comparable to him and out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast okay let's skip 19 and 20 and the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall on Adam and he slept and he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh in its place then the rib which the Lord God had taken from man, he made into a woman, and he brought her to him, to the man. And the man said, This now bone of my bones, flesh of my flesh, she shall be called woman, because she was taken out of man. Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother, and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. So it's clear from the beginning, God actually created male and female. And God said, it is not good for Adam to be alone. Let's create a helper. And God, in his economy, created the helper, different gender. Can you imagine if uh, Eve said to Adam, my gender identity is a ma I'm a male. Then how things would work here? Not only this, but even God was very clear about gender expression. 
and clothing. In Deuteronomy 22.5, a woman shall not wear anything that pertains to a man, nor shall a man put on a woman's garment, for all who do so are an abomination to the Lord your God. So, not only God created male and female, but God is very clear about the, the gender expression. Because one of how we express our gender is our clothing. So my clothing should reflect that I am a male or female. And different than this, it's abomination to the Lord. Also, names are very important. And God changed names to give a meaning. Like in Genesis 32, 28, and he said, your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel. For you have struggled with God and with men and have prevailed. So actually, God gives this name to indicate something, to indicate how Jacob struggled with God and he prevailed. So even names have significance and names is part of our gender expression. And in Psalm 139, verse 13 to 14, we read, For you formed my inward parts, you covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. So God, when he created us, he created us wonderfully. And he created even the inward part. So I cannot say, my inward part, my internal being, my identity is a female, but the external part is male. Because this actually opposes what David said, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, and that my soul knows very well. So we know that God doesn't uh, make mistakes. And God is not an author of confusion. He cannot confuse us by creating us a certain gender, but our identity is different gender. He doesn't do this for us. Definitely. Actually, to have your identity, gender identity, different than your biological sex, this actually is illness, psychological illness, called dysphoria. It's illness, psychological illness, and must be treated. What's the definition of dysphoria? Mean unease or dissatisfaction with my gender. So gender dysphoria is feeling that the emotional and psychological identity doesn't match the biological sex with which we were born. And there are two types of gender dysphoria. Early onset gender dysphoria. So this appears in early childhood, usually between age two and four. And this is very rare, very, very rare. And even with these children who actually express gender dysphoria, in, in their young age, only a small number of them 
continue to have these symptoms in adolescence or adulthood. So it is very rare, the early onset, very rare. And even from this very rare sample or group, very small people from them continue to have the symptoms till adolescence or adulthood. And actually, I don't remember exactly the percentage, but when I say it's very rare, 0.0001 or 0.0002, something like this, it's very rare. And the second type of gender dysphoria is, we call it rapid onset gender dysphoria. And this is increasing social phenomena. Yani 10, 15 years ago was not common as right now. And it affects teens and adults who identified their own biological sex for years. Then they decided to change their gender. And sometimes also they change their bodies. This actually developmental crisis and it's increasing among adolescents and it is related to the peer pressure from the society. That's why it's called peer contagions. So it's a contagious disease, contagious illness. And why is this? There are some reasons. Number one, social media. Social media celebrates now the ideology of gender fluidity and they identify more than 65 different genders and they are celebrated on social media. Also peers embracing transgender behavior as popular and cool. It is avenue for social celebration and unique recognition they will get attention. Also clubs sponsored within public school system promote acceptance of the LGBTQ society. And the scientific research found that people who change their gender, they suffer from the following, low self-esteem, anxiety, depression. I, I, I'm getting this information from researches. I'm not writing, I'm, I'm opening a research in front of me, I'm reading from it. So it's not just I, I'm writing this list. So they suffer from low self-esteem, anxiety, depression, lack of identity, eating disorder, personality disorder, self-injury, autism spectrum disorder, sexual trauma, gender trauma. So they found all these factors coincide with gender dysphoria. What's the difference between homosexuality and the gender dysphoria. For example, if a person is born, I'll speak first about, we have three groups, the heterosexual, like all of us heterosexual, homosexual, and transgender. So let me assume there is infant born with XY. XY, that's his chromosomes, then he, he will be biologically male, right? If he's heterosexual. And the gender identity will be male. And also the subconscious, subconscious gender identity will be male also. 
So we are speaking about the biological and the conscious identity and the subconscious identity. For the homosexual, he is male. And the conscious identity is male also. Consciously, he knows he is a male. But subconsciously, he is a female. The, the transgender, biologically, he is a male. But consciously, he is saying he is a female and subconsciously a female. For female XX, again, if she is heterosexual, then biologically and consciously and subconsciously, she is a female. If she is homosexual, lesbian, then biologically and consciously, she knows she is a female. So she's a female. But subconsciously, she's male. She's acting like a male. For the transgender, biologically, she is a female. But subconsciously and consciously, because she, she accepts herself as a male, both are males. And if you speak to them, they will tell you that I feel like I'm a female imprisoned in a body of a male, or I'm a female, or I'm a male imprisoned in a body of female. So, yeah, what's our responsibility towards them? First, how can parents help to raise their children with a stable sense of sexual identity as God designed? One of the very important things, parents should treat their children according to their biological sex or gender. For example, a mother wants to have a girl, but she doesn't have a girl, and she has a boy. But because she wants a girl, she starts to treat this boy as a girl. For example, so he grows his hair, like a girl. Believe me, sometimes when I see little children with long hair, I don't know whether they are males or females. Although I warn many parents, even if this was acceptable 20 years ago, but now it's not acceptable. Definitely not acceptable. It will cause confusion in this society and this time. Boys should be raised as boys. Girls should be raised as girls. Also, they need to speak to them about transgenderism, not only raising them, but, you know, the starting point in any battle is the mind. So while they do Bible study with them, in a very simple words, they can tell them, see, God created only two genders, male and female. You know, no male can put on the clothes of the female and female cannot put on the clothes of male. And everyone should love his gender and appreciate the gender because God, as we read in Psalm 139, He wonderfully made us. And He also created the internal part as the external part. And we need to start speaking about sex education early enough because now in schools they teach this in, in a very young age so we need to be proactive we should not wait until they learn about this 
in their schools and then to study to address it or respond to it. Also, parents should be aware of any pattern creating problems at home. For example, we, we as youth also, I know this is a youth meeting, but we as youth, we should be also aware of these things for our siblings and for ourselves. And factors that can make children consider or adolescents consider transgenderism if they received rejection or have been abused or abandoned by one parent or if the child is suffering from like depression or mental illness or if he is exposed in his childhood to pornography or if he's exposed to sexual abuse so we need actually to be careful and watching carefully over our children lest they are exposed to any of these things and we need to tell them don't let anybody touch your body be careful and don't mingle or let anybody make you see bad stuff or inappropriate stuff so we need to teach our children and this also apply for us as youth and we need actually to focus on our relationship with God the more we instill the fear of God in ourselves so we'll be happy and satisfied with our relationship with God this also will make us appreciate our gender David because he was walking in the fear of God and he has a strong relationship with God that's why when he looked at his body he said you wonderfully have made me and he said wonderful are your works they were done with wisdom and also while I'm building them spiritually I need to emphasize how to make honoring God priority over pleasing people or conforming to the world or trying to fit in the world sometimes because just want to fit in the world in the society we compromise God's value but one of the principles that we need to adopt in our life as children of God and as a youth how to honor God above pleasing people for example if my friends are using drugs and they want me to use drugs I should be able to say no if my friends invited me to ungodly party I should be able to say no if my friend want me to watch pornography with them I, I, I should be able to say no I remember one time I said to one of the youth it is better to suffer from loneliness than to suffer from sin it is better to suffer from loneliness than to suffer from sin because he, he told me that all my friends go out partying and, and I feel that I'm lonely, I'm alone so if you have a choice choose to suffer from loneliness even if, uh, if you are alone than to suffer from sin and we need to take gender rules from scripture 
not from man-made tradition or family or feeling. The transgenders, they take the gender role from where? From their feeling. I feel that I am a female, so I am a female. That's not right. We need to take the gender rules from scripture. And if I don't like or I, I'm not satisfied with my gender, then there is maybe a trauma, a reason behind it, and has to be treated instead of just accepting it. What should I do if I have the feeling that I am not satisfied with my gender? Remember, number one, the most important aspect of your personality is not your sexual or gender orientation, but it is your identity in Christ. Your identity in Christ is more important than your sexual or gender orientation. And you need to pray to God and ask God, who is the author of reconciliation, as he reconciled us with Father and reconciled man with his brother, to reconcile me with myself. Because if I'm not satisfied with my gender, this means I'm not in reconciliation, in peace with myself. And we need, as I told you, to follow the truth of the scripture and to live according to God's value, not according to the world's value. I want you not to perceive your relationship with God based on moralism, but based on relationship. What do I mean by this? For example, the law here in the United States, we follow the law out of respect to the law. But maybe you are not in peace with the law or we don't agree with it, but we follow and we submit to it. Sometimes we apply the same to the commandment of God. We apply the commandment of God, but we are not in relationship with God. We are not in peace with God. And sometimes we apply the commandment with grumbling. But if we develop a relationship with God, then when I obey the commands of God, I obey it out of love. And it will be easy for me because I will learn why God gave me the commandment not to restrain my freedom, rather to protect my freedom. So focus on relationship with God, not on the moral law. Yes, moral law is part of my relationship with God. Another point, understand sexuality as God intended to be, and as God designed sexuality to be. Sexual morality is not just the ultimate goal, but the ultimate goal is how to connect with God and how to have relationship with God. And part of having relationship with God is to be pure and sexually moral in front of God, to be able to connect with God because there is no fellowship between light and darkness. And remember that your body 
was purposefully designed. When God designed our body as males and female, He designed our body for a purpose. Because we reflect the image of, of our God, and also our bodies are not our own. As we read in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19 and 20, do you not know that your bodies are temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. So, I don't own my body. It's a temple of God. And I'm purchased by His blood. So, I need to glorify God in my body. Also, sexual sin is spiritually devastating. As we read in 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 18, Flee from sexual immorality. All other sins a person commits are outside the body, but whoever sins sexually sins against their own body. So, when actually we sin like homosexual transgenderism, all these sins, I'm sinning against my body. And as St. Paul said, be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Our mind is a starting point, either for repentance and living righteously, or for sin and living ungodly. It starts in the mind. Because Satan used three techniques. The first technique is to deceive us. Second technique is to tempt us. Third technique is to accuse us. And he used them in this order. Deception means he makes us believe a lie. Number two, he tempts us. He makes sin uh, pleasant, attractive, and easy, accessible. And after we fall in sin, he starts to accuse us and makes us feel guilty and hopeless and helpless and falling in despair. So, Sin starts in your mind by Satan trying to make you believe a lie that transgenderism, nothing wrong with it. It's biblically approved. He will try to play in your mind. Once you accepted the idea, then he will tempt you. And after temptation, he will make you fall, fall into spirit and depression. That's why in order to fight back. You need to saturate your mind with the truth. The, as the Lord said, you shall know the truth and the truth will set you free. So if you want actually to live the freedom in Christ, you need to saturate your mind in the truth. Even right now, because how would I know the truth? the truth, I get it from the scripture, right? So Satan right now is playing with the mind, even with some servants in the church, to tell you scripture can have mistakes. Why is Satan playing this? Because now, if even the scripture has mistakes, 
then there is no foundation. Everything will be relative. Because even the word of God has mistakes. So there is, there is no reference to go back. Who will tell me that's right and wrong? That's why the scripture itself emphasizes on the infallibility of the scripture. The word of God is written by the Holy Spirit and not a word came by personal will of a, of a man. But the holy man of God spoke and inspired by the Holy Spirit. So we need to believe in the infallibility and also in the authority of the scripture. If it is the word of God, infallible, and has authority over us, then I will know the truth from the scripture. I will know that God created us as male and female. I will know God doesn't accept to hide gender expression, but our gender expression should match our biological gender, either in clothing or even in names. And we should know that God, in the story of creation in general, separated things from each other because he doesn't want confusion. So he separated darkness from light. He separated waters above from waters below by the firmament. He separated the dry land from the waters. He separated the day from night. He also separated humankind into two genders, male and female. God did not let anything to be confused. In the history of creation, there is separation. And God separated male from female so they can be joined together and can marry and have children. So marriage from the beginning was important. And actually God used marriage as a metaphor in the Bible, even regarding how his relationship with us. He is the groom and we are the bridegroom. So how can transgender marry and have children to glorify God? How homosexuals can marry and have children? And God repeatedly described Israel in the Old Testament in their unfaithfulness to him in terms of sexual infidelity, spiritual adultery. So the two gender roles are very essential to the message of the scripture with the husband role symbolizing God and the wife role symbolizes the people of God, the church of God. Even St. Paul said, husband, love your wives as Christ loved the church. Wives, submit to your husband as the church submit to Christ. So you need to saturate your mind with this truth transgenderism and homosexuality will not actually reflect this relationship between God and us. And as I told you, you need to trust God that he can cure you if I'm struggling with transgenderism or homosexuality. You need to trust God that he can cure you. Put all your trust and your life in the hand of God. And 
have a relationship with God. And if you need professional help, go and seek professional help. But you need to change your mind. Don't accept a lie. Don't believe a lie. This is deception. Don't believe a lie. And the last point I want to tell you, be patient with yourself or others, others who claim to be homosexual or gender, uh, transgender. We, we know in, in this can take time for a person to go back to the, to the right identity. It may take time. So we need to be patient with them and show them compassion and understanding and we pray for them and support them. And as I repeated more than one time, there is difference between accepting the person or accepting a sinful behavior. We don't accept sinful behavior, but we accept the person. And when we show love uh, to the other person and acceptance, this will help the person to change. So we need to treat the transgender or the homosexual with compassion and we need to keep the, the balance between the truth and compassion. Truth and mercy, as we read in the book of Psalm, truth and mercy have kissed each other. So we tell them the truth from the scripture, but we deal with them with compassion and mercy. In this way, actually, we can glorify God and we can be light to the world and soul to the earth without compromising the truth, but through showing love and showing compassion and understanding and being patient with the people who pronounce themselves to be transgender or homosexual. May the Lord help all of us to seek the truth and abide by the truth because as he told us, the truth will set you free. Glory be to God forever and ever. Amen.